number one. For some background, I live in a county in Ohio. Down Long Drive, fields on two sides, woods in the back. I'm about a mile away from town, so if I need police, I have to call the sheriff. I live with my husband and boxer. The night this happened, my husband was doing some overtime at his factory. It was a Saturday and he was working third shift. I had spent the evening at my parents' house and didn't head home until around midnight. I stopped in town at our 24-hour gas station to get some drinks, chocolate and beef jerky for my dog, Elise. As I exit the gas station, I get this feeling so strong I just look around because I know someone was outside with me. Over to my left, about 20 feet away, is a girl in a really cute little dress with a white horse mask on just standing there. We stared at each other for a minute before I hopped into my car and quickly pulled out onto the road, almost hitting a light pole as I belatedly checked my back seat for danger. Now that was unnerving, but I was home just a few minutes later, giving Elise jerky and eating chocolate and watching TV. All of a sudden, my dog takes off down the hall to the back porch, barking and growling and attacking the window. I run in there, afraid a window was going to get broke again. Elise broke a window, trying to get a coyote once already, and I stopped dead in my tracks. There, standing at the window, is a horse mask. Again, we stared at each other. I looked over to the back door. Was it locked? Shit, I couldn't remember. Horse mask looks over to the door. Slowly, I walk over to it. So does horse mask. We both reach for the knob. It was locked. Horse mask looks behind her, and for the first time, I look around my backyard. There's a guy in a horse mask too. I'm like, okay, this is enough now. I'm calling the cops. I get Elise and shut the door to the porch. I went to the living room to get my cell phone. Of course, I'd left my phone in the car when I carried my stuff in the house. In my car that's in my garage. My dark garage. Basically, lacking any choice, I opened the door to the garage and tried to open my car door. But, oh, guess what? I must have locked it and didn't have the keys. I crept back to the house. No sign of Elise. No horse mask in the backyard that I could see from the kitchen window. I grabbed my keys and got the phone. I called the sheriff and told them what happened and that I was followed home and alone. They asked if they were still outside. I looked out of the windows room by room. Nothing until I got to my front yard. Right out front, there they were, just standing about a hundred foot away, holding hands, staring. I honestly was crying at this point to the dispatcher, who assured me that someone would be there soon. As I stood there, clearly on the phone, the girl waved. Then they walked, hand in hand, down my lane, out of sight. It took the sheriff ten minutes to get there. They found nothing. They told me the guy probably sat in a car and they both followed me. Just kids being kids, they said. My dog didn't come out of my bedroom the rest of the night. I sat up listening to silence until my husband got home. A couple of weeks later, someone from the sheriff's stopped by to follow up. They said they checked the camera at the gas station, but all it showed was the girl walk up by the dumpsters and stand there 
staring at me until I left, at which point she walks away. Number 2 November the 1st, 2009 I'd been married to my now ex-husband for two and a half months. We'll call him Steve. Earlier that morning, he and I had gotten into an argument and he left the house. It was now dinner time and Steve had not come home. I'd just finished cooking dinner and I started receiving ignorant texts from him. He did tell me that he had been at the bar that was up the street from our house all day. I called my best friend for advice and put my two youngest sons in the bathtub as I spoke to her. His texts became more ignorant, so I informed him that he was being locked out and a bag would be on the porch for him. I told him I didn't want him coming home like that and he should sleep it off at his mother's. I locked the doors and put a chair under the doorknobs. I was in the bathroom telling my friend what I had done and turned around to see Steve standing in the doorway of the bathroom. He went to swing at me, I ducked, and he grabbed hold of my hair. Steve dragged me through the house by my hair. I screamed for my oldest son to call the police. My son came running down the stairs and grabbed the phone. Steve let go of me and chased after my son. I ran back the other way to the bathroom. My son and I got there at the same time, with just enough time to slam the door and throw the lock. I dialed 911 and just screamed my address over and over again into the phone. We remained in the bathroom until we heard the police. Needless to say, I called my mom. She took me to the magistrates and I was granted a protection order. Six police officers met me back at my house. They informed me that they had not found him, but his truck was still parked at the bar. The officers did a thorough search of all three floors of my house, my backyard, my shed and my garage before they would let us back in. My mum agreed to spend the night with us and we could gather our things in the morning. Two officers came inside of us and showed us how to barricade all of the doors on the inside for extra protection. One of them told me to call them immediately if there were any more occurrences or if I just didn't feel right. He said the 30 seconds it takes to decide if I should call could be a matter of life or death. The officers left and my mum and I barricaded the front door and the door that went downstairs and then put my three children to bed. That's when the house phone began ringing. I saw it was Steve's number and took the phone off the hook. I then began receiving numerous texts from him. I called the police and then turned off my phone. An officer responded and told me they were still out looking for him. However, they did post a car in the lot at the end of my street to keep an eye on the house. He left and we barricaded ourselves back in. My mum had me go to my room to try and get some sleep and she would stay on the couch. I'd been in bed for about 10 minutes when my mum came in my room. She said she was hearing noises. I came out to listen and the ice maker was making ice. I told her there's always stuff like that and not to worry. I went back to bed. About 20 minutes later, my mum came back looking absolutely terrified and on the verge of tears. She said she was hearing noises like there was somebody upstairs. She reminded me of what the officer had said about not hesitating to call. As I was in the process of turning my cell back on, I heard what she had been hearing. It was coming from directly above us. This would have been the attic as it ran along both sides of the upstairs. It sounded as if someone was shuffling around. Now panicking, 
I dialed 911 and told the dispatcher we were hearing noises and needed someone to check it out. He said he was sending someone immediately. I hung up the phone. That's when. We heard the attic door creak open and loud footsteps on the hardwood. Then the footsteps began slowly coming down the stairs. I began screaming because there have been many times that I've creeped myself out at night thinking I'm hearing noises and you go to check it out and there's never anything there. But there was someone this time and he'd been barricaded in the house with us all night making his calls and texts to me from only a few feet away listening to our conversations hiding in the dark not far from where my sons were sleeping. Thankfully my mum was thinking clearly. She grabbed me by my shirt and threw me into my room, telling me to lock the door. The police must have arrived at this time, because I could see the flashing lights and hear the commotion outside. It was Steve. They'd got him. For him to get into the attic, there was another door inside the upstairs hall closet. The police must not have seen it when they were checking the house. My mum told me later that she had turned to face him as he came down the stairs. She ran over to the door and removed the barricade and unlocked the door, just in time for the police to pull up outside. She said he didn't put up a fight and dropped to his knees in the yard. Mum told me there were about ten cops with their guns drawn on him. Number three. I was a freshman in college that was six hours away from my parents' house. I was living in dorms that would kick us out every holiday break, so I'd take the Amtrak train back and forth. I went to my parents' home for Christmas break and took an early morning train to get back to my college town. However, when I got back to dorms, I found out I'd arrived a week before the new semester started. I had no choice but to phone Mum back up and have her buy me a ticket on the next Amtrak train back to her house. By the time the train showed up hours later, I was thoroughly exhausted. I hadn't slept much on the early morning train, and this train was completely packed, so I sat in the window seat of one of the last available spots. The person who sat beside me had a stack of books on his pull-out tray and was leafing through. He started a conversation about one of the books and introduced himself. We got to talking about what we do, and red flags started popping up. I told him I was a pre-vet major, and he told me that he worked at a squirrel rescue. Or, I told him that I enjoyed playing chess, and he told me that he beat a grandmaster at chess. You know, little things like that that are just way too good to be true. I wasn't in the mood to deal with a pathological liar, so I started texting my boyfriend. My train mate then starts asking incredibly personal questions about my boyfriend's and mine sexual relationship. He starts telling me how every girl he's been with before had squirted and I should go out with him instead. And then he tried taking the phone from my hands to text my boyfriend that I was breaking up with him. Needless to say, I was completely spooked. I got up and went to the bathroom. I asked the train attendant if there were any other seats available, but she said the train was fully booked. Looking back, I should have explained the situation to her but hindsight is twenty twenty. So I get back to my seat and see that he's pulled out a soda can. He drinks the soda, then crushes it and proceeds to take a bite out of the can. I've had enough of Goat Boy by now, so I turned away, trying
tried to ignore him, and tried to catch a quick nap since I was exhausted. While I was laying there, he struck up a conversation with a girl in the aisle next to us. They talked about how both their exes stabbed them in the past. Goat Boy told the girl a story on how his previous girlfriend carved her name into his back. I think at this point I passed out from exhaustion and the sheer absurdity of this situation. Eventually, but not soon enough, the train arrived at its destination. Now, the downside is that I had to catch a connecting train to get home. The guy blocks me in my seat and said that he wouldn't let me leave without my number. I said to hell with that and pushed him out of the way. I grabbed my luggage and got off the train as quickly as I could. I thought I saw him follow me off the train, so I tried to get lost in the crowd at the train station. I saw him following me still. Now, it's not too hard to follow some of a suitcase full of luggage rolling around. So I went to a conductor and explained that I was being followed by a man that creeped me out on the train. The conductor was absolutely fantastic and got security to escort me to my departing train. Eventually, I made it back home safely and without further incident. Number 4 Last night, there was a murder in the park right next to my apartment building. With this news in mind, I've decided to share a terrifying experience that I had in this park about a month ago. My apartment building is on my university campus, and the park is technically not part of the campus, but it's just right across the street, and this park is massive. It's not uncommon to have college students just bumming around at all hours of the day in there. This particular night, three of my friends and I, all around 20 years old, decided to go and swing on the playground located in the heart of the park. It's one of the only places in the entire park that is well lit, so that made us pretty much visible to anybody walking by. Everything was going okay at first. We were just laughing and being obnoxious because we had basically the entire park to ourselves. After about 30 minutes of swinging, we noticed two guys walking past the lit area. We don't think too much of it because they were walking on the easiest route to get across the park. What started to make the alarm bells go off was that they were clearly looking at us and gauging the situation in a way that made me feel threatened. At this point, we'd stopped swinging and we were starting to get nervous. After they were fully out of earshot, we immediately started whispering about what the F was happening. I noticed that one of the guys was standing behind some of the playground equipment just watching us, while the other one was walking in the direction behind us. I started to feel very scared and alert, so I stood up and advised my friends to do the same in case we needed to run. One of my friends cursed under her breath, and we all looked to see what she was looking at. There were people standing about two to three hundred feet away from us. It was dark, so without straining our eyes, all we could really see was the people's outlines. I made out about four tall men, but my friends each saw different amounts of people. We were pretty much encircled by these people. I had my phone out ready to call the police, when we heard laughter coming from the basketball court area off to the left of where we were. The bars had started closing, and this was the time that people usually started to flood the park, because people love to get drunk and go on the swings. Luckily, some of the people who were walking over to the swings recognised one of my friends. 
By the time we explained the situation to them, all the silhouettes that were surrounding us were gone. They watched our backs as we headed back to the apartment complex. This park is known for having quite a few creeps out there late at night. We thought that as a group we would all be safe. We were luckily able to get out of the situation unscathed, but I still don't know what those people were going to do, or how the situation would have unfolded if people we knew didn't show up at the park when they did. Number 5 About two years ago, I worked at a spa in the downtown area of my city. It was nice because I lived just up the street in some apartment buildings, so I was able to walk to and from work, thus using much less gas. Working at a spa, I was used to weirdos, but this day was especially odd. Now, before I continue, I should tell you about Horse. He was this homeless man that walked around downtown a lot. He usually wore jean shorts, an unbuttoned vest, snakeskin boots, and a cowboy hat. He also hardly spoke any English. I'm not sure what his real name is, we just always called him Horse. My boss told me that he got the name from the police around town because they get calls of a naked drunk running round and when they got there they noticed he was hung like a horse. He'd gotten better lately and they didn't get calls about him anymore. Everyone said he was pretty harmless actually and he looked it too. Anyway. Just like any other day, I left my place and started walking to work, not knowing that when I got there, my boss was going to have me stay late. See, the building my boss was renting got expensive, so he decided to buy his own building only three doors down, and every day after work, some of us would walk over and work on it. It meant working 13 hours some days, but hey, I was getting paid for it. Everyone left earlier than me, because once I started painting, I didn't want to stop. It was already half nine when I started locking up that night, and as I was locking the office door, I noticed someone standing outside the front door made of all glass. Never feeling worried in the area, I just put it off as a nosy passerby, but decided to leave out through the back anyways. I started walking home, and I heard the sound of heels clicking behind me. I picked up my pace, and so did the noise behind me. I looped round and ran back into the spa, as there were more streetlights and an alarm system. I called a co-worker that didn't live far away, and she came to pick me up so I could stay with her. I felt safe, but uneasy. Next day at work, I told my boss that I wasn't comfortable staying late, unless I was told early enough so I could bring my car. He understood, and said he would make sure to let me know and keep an eye out for anybody stalky looking. That same day after lunch, Horse came through the door. It wasn't all that uncommon, because he'd come in and get the free coffee or water we had sitting out all the time. Today, he walked straight to the desk though. It was me and two other girls sitting there, but we had Kelly talk to him, since only she spoke Spanish. She let him talk for a second, him looking at me the whole time before she yelled something angrily back. He calmly said something else, winked, and walked out. I asked Kelly what he said, and she kept refusing to tell me, not wanting to repeat the words. I got it out of her, regrettably so. He apparently said, I just wanted to come tell Six that her ass looked good in her work pants last night, and that she'd be a great lay. 
I felt sick remembering last night before the feeling faded into confusion as to why he called me six. My apartment number. He knows where I live. I felt my stomach turn and I swallowed, asking what else he said before leaving. It was something about how the rumours of how he got his name were true. Hi guys, Brimstone here. I hope you enjoyed today's stories. Already, I'm hard at work working on something special for Halloween week. I'm really looking forward to it, so hopefully you guys will be as well. When we get a bit closer to the time, I will give you guys more information, I promise. If you enjoyed any of my videos, please feel free to like, comment, share and subscribe to the channel. And I really appreciate your guys' support. So, until next time, sleep tight.